Welcome to Tea O'Clock with Keller. Bring your tea and leave with more. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to episode 20, maybe. I don't know. It's getting crazy now with all the Christmas episodes and that. Second episode of the new year. Yeah. Where we're going full on dark academia vibes today. Oh my god, I should have put a blazer on. Didn't think about that. I should have put a shirt on or something. I'm literally the complete opposite of dark academia now. I'm just (laughs) in t shirt. Very chill. But yes, we'll be chatting about the um, secret history and a little bit about the Dead Poet Society as well. Yes. So, very exciting. Yeah. And also, I would recommend. Uh, Jack Edwards does a video on dark academia and it's really funny because he dresses up like he's in one of the books or films (laughs) and he just reads loads and films loads and he gets like you know the stamp things when you do a letter and then you melt the words he gets a set like that and he does a really good overview of everything so I recommend checking that out yeah definitely he'd probably do a better better job than us (laughs) No. Oh no, I am excited for this episode though. Ever since you said to me to read the secret yeah. history, I felt like this was happening. And I've been I we have spoken about it a bit, but I felt like I should save it up to talk about it now. Yeah. So I can't wait. Very exciting. Yeah. But we should probably start with our what we've been consuming. Yes. So you want to pick us up. Hey Kerry, what have you been consuming this week? Okay. All right. I have been reading Alice in Wonderland again, and I actually speed read it in half an hour. I read it in the summer, but I had to reread it for uni. And um, I read through The Looking Glass for the first time, which I also did enjoy. And I also read Complete Nonsense uh, Poems <laughs> by Limericks by Edward Lear, and it made me go absolutely crazy. But I recommend all of them. They're a lot of fun. And um, I actually started reading... Actually, no, well... We could save this for future episodes. Also, like right now, things that I've read. So yeah, but I have been reading quite a lot. Mostly. Yeah, you have. You've been reading. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of what I've been watching, um, I have watched this TV show called A Teacher. I binged it all in one day, <laughs> and I mean it's an acquired taste, but it was just very dramatic. It was on Disney Plus, and I enjoyed it. And then I know I've watched so much because I've been isolating. And I saw, went, oh, I don't even know what else I saw. I've been putting on animated films that I've already seen, like Sing oh, and Trolls yeah. World Tour. <laughs> uh, and in terms of listening, I was just listening to One Direction this morning when I was getting ready. And I was doing lots of karaoke. And I really enjoyed seeing a lot of Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, very good, yeah. very good. What about you? Um, the most recent book I finished was Misery by Stephen King oh yeah you finished it which I did I did enjoy at the end I think I much preferred like the last third of the book because it was a bit more fast paced and felt a bit more typically Stephen King I don't know it felt a bit slow and it took Mm. me a while to get into it then at the end it was just like what on earth is happening everything was going on it was good though oh yeah yeah I've only read like two Stephen King books though so Oh, I've not read any, so... It wasn't that scary, it was more just, I don't know, just some, like, crazy woman who chopped off this guy's foot and thumb and... Oh! Weirdness. (laughs) Um, 
and yeah that's that I've been listening to basically just my on repeat on Spotify <laughs> which is just um like Darren Chris, Tick Tick Boom, both of the Benz. Um, wow is it possible the... for like can you see other people's on repeat? I don't know because I know when you you know the top songs you get at the end of each year if yeah. you like I saw you were li- listening to yours if I click on it it just goes back to mine and I can't actually see yours that's really weird maybe you have to put it in a separate playlist yeah for other people to be able to see it yeah maybe but I sometimes do that with like my daily mixes if I have a really good daily mix yeah I'll save them all to a different playlist oh, under yeah. the date so I've got a couple of those um, because otherwise they just change all the time I know I was gutted because you know when they did all the different ones like they did a jazz one or a pop yeah. mix rock mix Oh my, I loved them. And I went back and it changed. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, it's so annoying. Yeah. And then what have I been watching? I watched the Tinder Swindler. It's really hard to say. <laughs> Tinder Swindler um, on Netflix the other day. It's like a nearly two hour long like documentary thing. Oh, it's based on real life. Oh, yeah, scary. Based on, based on real life about this con man who like conned loads of different women out of like hundreds of thousands of mm. dollars and it was actually really interesting because I knew nothing about it and I just watched it because I wanted something to watch and it was kind of like scary that people could do this and could come up with these plans of having to do how to do these things and not get caught which is very impressive yeah but also it's kind of good because then these women started wanting to try and get get back get like get their own back on him basically so that was really interesting so what happened actually no maybe you shouldn't spoil (laughs) yeah I would say if you'll if you've got two hours and you, you like that sort of stuff I'd say watch it because it's really interesting and then mm-hmm. just like continuously you don't know where it's going because you're like what what's he gonna do what are they gonna do yeah. to like counteract it? it's really interesting oh puts you off using tinder though yeah but then like some of the women who they interview for it they're like even though it happened to them they're like oh i still use tinder really um, yeah brave so, oh no mm. but, yeah that was yeah. really interesting i'd enjoy that yeah okay. so that's me Oh, we've been consuming a lot, it would seem. Yeah, I've got nothing else to really do. <laughs> Any work. <laughs> yeah. I've been really bad at just having something on constantly that I'm watching on half of my screen and the other half I'm kind of doing work on. But especially when, like, you're isolating and you're by yourself, sometimes you need to fill that silence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After being alone, so. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we do our summaries of both Dead Poet Society and Secret History? Yes. yes. Okay. I reckon I like... you a Secret History because you've most recently read it. Yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah. Most recently seen it. We're talking about the film of Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Not the book because I haven't read the book. No. Although I didn't realise that the book is actually a novelisation of the film. Oh, Which, is it? Yeah, I find quite strange because yeah. I know, I've never read any novelizations. I think they've done one of 13 going on 30. But 
how do you adapt a film to book? Like, it makes sense to me to adapt books to film. Like, it's so exciting to see what they look like. But I just, can it ever be that good when it goes from film to book? I don't know. It's an interesting subject. Like, I was yeah, I've never really thought about that because I've never read any either. No. Like, why do you feel the need? To, I wonder what, as you get out of it, like, do they expand on any of the plots? Yeah, they must do. I guess it allows them to... Mm. put a bit more of themselves into the story yeah. interesting jack edwards did say that don't bother reading the novelization of dead poet society so that that's just his view Fair enough. So, yeah, yeah and did you know with the secret history sorry going off on a tangent no. i was really doing about oh would they ever make it into a tv show because i think it'd be quite good like a netflix six part or something and apparently there were some attempts they were maybe going to do it, and now I just don't think they are because Donna Tart was fuming with how they did the Goldfinch. Yeah, yeah, because I read up a little bit about that as well because I think Gwyneth Paltrow and her brother were in talks oh, yeah. to kind of direct and produce and whatever. Um, but yeah, it felt like what I read, there was a lot of kind of back and forth, should we do it, should we not do it, and then her just deciding not to. no. Which is fair enough. Yeah. There's lots but, of other yeah. similar vibed things around. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I shall summarise yes. the secret history. So it opens with Bunny and he is dead. And then the whole first half of the book is working on like, how did we get up to the point where he dies? And it's told from the point of view of Richard. And they're all, so it's Richard and his group of friends. And they're all at this college in... Is it Vermont? <laughs> I'm the one who's read it most yeah. recently, I don't know. Yeah, it's Is somewhere. It? In yeah, America. like it's somewhere up north. Part of America to where dead poets. Yeah. And they, so they, oh, so Richard becomes friends with this group of people because they all study mainly ancient Greek, but also other bits like classics and that, with um, Julian, this very odd professor. And so there's literally like six of them. And it's just about, what the friends get up to together and they're all very like hoity-toity kind of people um yeah and then you work out how did bunny one of the members of the group die who knows yeah and then the second half is the fallout of that as well so oh actually though i am going to ask you to spoil it because we're talking about it i don't know why we've been recording for so long over how many episodes I always forget like oh yeah we, we just have to do spoilers yeah to talk about it so yeah well that's a spoiler free version um yeah so if that sounds interesting go read it then yeah the rest of the podcast yeah um a non-spoiler free version is so it turns out so basically the people of the group wanted to do this bacchanalian I don't know what they call it, like... Would you call it, like, a ritual kind of Yeah, thing? ritual. And where it's, you go beyond even being drunk or high to this other state and where you don't know what's going on because that's what the ancient Greeks did, apparently. And when they do that, Bunny's not there and Richard's not there because at that point, Richard's still a bit of an outsider and I think Bunny was just being annoying. And then the group accidentally kill a man and then Bunny eventually finds out and he keeps threatening to expose them. Um, and Richard also eventually finds out about it, but he's not as bothered 
And so they decide they have to kill Bunny because otherwise he's got to say to someone about it. And then, oh my God, it's so dramatic in the second half after he dies. Because I thought, what's going to happen now? He's already dead. No, whoa. So, well, Camilla and Charles, who are the twins in the friendship group, turns out they're having a relationship. Well, literally everyone in the group is having a relationship. And also Charles becomes really abusive and an alcoholic. And who even knows where he's at the end of the book he's like run off somewhere yeah. with this woman and then there's also Francis who he's been having relationships with everyone in the group and he makes a pass at Richard as well but then it doesn't really go anywhere and then Henry who's I would say is more so the ringleader of the group he ends up well he's in love with Camilla and then he's helping her and then at the end of it I think Charles like, storms into the room when he's got a gun and he's really angry. Yeah. And then Henry just shoots himself. And doesn't he actually like, shoot Richard as well? Yeah. So Richard goes to hospital. So then Henry's dead. Oh, and also, towards the end, Julian actually finds out about them killing the man and killing Bunny. So, but doesn't, doesn't Julian just, like, disappear? He yeah, he just is like, bye, guys. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm not dealing with this and it's just gone yeah but oh my god and also then it's years later and Francis he oh my god sorry I realize I have not given trigger warnings but mm, yeah trigger warning. trigger um, then Francis he also tries to kill himself as well towards the end so they're just all so unhappy it's just a nightmare there's so much that goes on mm-hmm. and also Richard's quite poor and he literally gets hospitalised because it's so cold in the winter and he's living in this place with a hole in the roof. Yeah. Oh, my God, and he trudges through the snow every day to get to work. And he it's, gets, like, hypothermia or something, doesn't he? Yeah. It's... Oh, my God. And also then they're all going to fly off to Argentina to escape being caught for crime. Oh, my God. There's literally just so much that happens. I can't. That was not a summary whatsoever. It was quite intense, though. Yeah. Um, do you want to summarise the Poet Society? Okay. I think it's definitely a lot easier to summarise Dead Poet Society, so you've yeah. got the short straw this week. Nice. Um, because Dead Poet Society, there's a... I think it's like a, a boys' prep school in America, so they're, like, teenagers, basically. And um, this new teacher comes along called Keating played by Robin Williams and he's a new English teacher and basically he's trying to like open up these boys minds to kind of thinking freely and looking at the poetry in English in a more free non just reading the textbook style thing and then this group of boys find out from the teacher that he used to be in this secret club called the Dead Poets Society so they decide to kind of start up this club again themselves and they basically just like sneak out into the forest and read poetry with each other <laughs> um and one of the one of the main boys in like this little gaggle of them um neil he wants he wants to try acting so he gets himself a role in in the play in the midsummer night's dream part being park so He's wanting to do that, but his dad doesn't approve and doesn't want him to. But the teachers and all the others are just like, you know, just go for it, do it. But then it all gets 
way too much for him and he commits suicide. And then these boys, I think, is it maybe Cameron is the one who's like, okay, let's blame this on the teacher so that they don't find out about the secret club and we can get rid of the teacher. I don't really know why he seems to have this like vendetta against the teacher. But so they end up blaming it, blaming Neil's death on Keating. So he's made to leave. And then there's like the iconic scene at the end where all the boys from the Dead Poet Society, they stand on their desks in the classroom as Keating's like leaving. And they call him, oh, captain, my captain. Because that was like a line from one of the first poems in the first lesson he taught them. And yeah, then it Yeah. Yeah, so basically about a gaggle of teenagers who read poetry together. I just love that that's a thing that, like, I don't know the word for it, it's not naughty, but do you know what I mean? They're rebelling by going out reading poetry, especially old poetry at that. That's just so funny to me. I know, it's funny. I'm not sure you'd get that nowadays. Maybe no. other well, secret societies. I don't yeah. know what secret societies do. No, I don't it's a wonderful concept anyway it's definitely a bit more chill than the secret history oh god yeah (sighs) i know it's funny because not that we're talking about today but my first kind of dark academia thing was i watched the history boys but that's just really funny it's not dark at all and then i watched the poet society and i was like oh okay like i didn't i thought it was gonna be similar vibes i did not expect how dark it got yeah. And then I went on to see Christian and I was like, wow. A whole other This is just getting so intense. I went in a proper, like, a dark <laughs> order. Oh. How did you first come to read or know about The Secret History? It was probably a handful of years ago. I think I saw it on Instagram or something. And it just, I just, like, kept, see- kept seeing it around. So I was like, oh, I'll give that a go. And I found a secondhand copy quite cheap online. And then I read it. I just really liked it. But I didn't realise it's like from the early 90s. Yeah. I think it's definitely made like, it's made a resurgence. I think like a lot, a lot of books, I think with social media, people are finding them, reading them mm-hmm. and then recommending them to everyone. So everyone's finding these books that were written like 20 years ago. Yeah. And really getting into them. True. Because like, ever since she gave it to me for my birthday last year, I've just seen it everywhere online. I yeah. feel like everyone's reading it at the moment. So I'm a massive resurgence. It's like that in the We Were Liars as well. Which to, that's a lot more recent. I think I read it when it came out. Yeah, that's else. making a comeback. And now I see that everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I read it too soon. I can't remember what happened now. And everyone's talking about it. I think it is quite interesting how that happens with books because I didn't look into how much like what its reception was at the beginning like I Mm. think it was really popular when it first came out yeah it was her debut novel wasn't it I think so yeah yeah Mm. she's written a few others but definitely made a comeback yeah I wonder why like what does it have any particular resonance to our lives now or just generally speaking or it's just a good book yeah, because, well, it is a good book. I don't know whether, like, this whole 
dark academia thing is becoming more popular. Yeah, why why has that become a trend recently? I don't know. It's I'm, like, I'm actually going to Google it right now. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. killings has, have become very popular. Mm. Well, recently. Yeah. I'm sure this is mm. something that on like a publishing masters or something you'd, you'd look into and you'd learn how these different genres and things become yeah. trends. Mm. Sorry, that was the wind. I made the door open. Oh, well, interestingly, uh, it says that it's become a trend since COVID, seeing as uh, a lot of people aren't in schools and uni. Well, mm. I think I read it. Yeah, I read it before, but I think I just saw it around and saw people talking about it and thought, why not? Yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of things, COVID has made a lot of things become big trends yeah I wonder if it's like do you remember not that long ago there were loads of scandals of people paying for their children to get into Harvard yeah that kind of thing I wonder now if that's also a factor of making it become quite a trend maybe yeah because I guess a lot of the book is about rich people doing things and acting as if there aren't any consequences just for the sake of trying things out Mm -hmm under the guise of learning education yeah because my issue with both texts actually but mainly secret history is I feel like they're so elitist in what like in who they're talking about and what they're talking about in that it's a group of white mostly upper class men and like there's literally no women in it so that's nice and it's talking all about the classics and I mean, you can enjoy them without knowing. I mean, I think Dead Poet Society is a lot easier, especially like with us, we study poetry. But especially secret history, I don't know what they're on about. And I think to an extent, like, is it worth like, paying attention to them, like writing about those kind of people? Yeah. Although, at least the secret history is not necessarily celebrating them, being oh, this is the best, because they all... Yeah end up but like absolutely tragic so I think it's more of a satire on them so that's fair enough but yeah yeah, but then there's still like lots of references because I watched a video and it was a classic student breaking down references from the secret history and I just did not get a lot of what she said I would not have known that but you have Mm -hmm. to kind of know some stuff to be able to get exactly what she's saying so it's a very fine line between it being quite pretentious and also really good satire definitely because she has to be of a certain class and education to have the ability to write a book Mm. like that so that makes it feel I don't know less kind of satire-y um but yeah but then you definitely can read it as a critique of them but then I think I know it was written in the 90s Mm. But I think it would be interesting to have something a book talking about the same kind of themes, but maybe more kind of current. But then again, it's a lot of the whole dark academia classics thing. That is a very mm. middle class white male yeah. thing. Mm. Yeah. I just find the whole subject of classics quite problematic because yeah, if you well, I mean we're speaking from positions of privilege ourselves, but I know that with classics, like you have to. I think study Greek or Latin A level to be able to get in, and mm. I I don't know any schools near me where you could even do that, you know. No, so it's so hard to even do those to do classics. 
like it's just not accessible for anyone so mm. I, I feel very privileged to for us to be able to be at uni and to study English and you know to be able to get a lot of those references in their poet society but mm. classics is just such a like it's just not accessible at all yeah it's a whole whole other ball game definitely yeah mm. so mm. yeah it's a tough one because I did really really enjoy the secret history but it was niggling at me like the whole content of dark academia is a bit yeah, yeah. Really. yeah I, I feel guilty about enjoying it because I just feel like like what what do you get out of it yeah no I know exactly what you mean and like like you say with a book like the secret history you can mm. read it without any knowledge yeah still enjoy it but then you like you were saying you get the sense that if you if you studied classics if you knew all these things mm. it would feel like a whole different book so in that sense you yeah. feel very kind of like oh well you'll only really get the book if you're in this specific bracket yeah of people mm. but then maybe because I don't really know what I think I just feel conflicted but one thing I'm thinking of as well is that when you read you well I read to escape to another world and so if this is a world that we just can't really relate to at all yeah. then maybe that is a good thing that's kind of the purpose of reading so maybe perhaps there's an element of that which justifies it mm. not passing itself off as non-fiction no but it's just it's not very 2022 for no, to be a trend out of all the subject matters yeah yeah but I mean because maybe that is part of the appeal nowadays that it is so yeah different because, to mm, education now yeah I just wonder like who is reading and watching these texts like is, is it the same people that it's essentially writing about yeah you know or would those people who it's writing about not go anywhere near something like this yeah well it certainly makes you question your own privilege and your own education as well yeah definitely I do recommend both the book and the film but yeah it just comes with that caveat of mm, this is what well, a lot of things these days are problematic yeah but I think it's worth bearing in mind yeah and like like you were saying we read to like either escape to other worlds or to be more kind of informed on all the other types of people and things yeah. from that point of view with like mm. I don't know whether it's right to say we're like broadening our scope with it because really it's not something you would like aspire to be like these people mm. in this book or even in the, the film Dead Poet Society like yeah they're rich kids who are sent to boarding school mm. like this must be like a 12 to 16 school or whatever like they're very very privileged mm. to be sent there but then again it's like is that actually the whole point of it that you shouldn't aspire to that yeah or you know it's a critique but I at least with Dead Poet Society you've got Robin Williams who is so lovable yeah he is <sighs> And I think he definitely grounds the film and brings it more back down to earth. And as, at the heart of it, it's just a love for learning, at least. With The Secret History, they don't actually talk that much about what they're studying. You just know that they are studying classics. But with Dead Poet Society, obviously they're all meeting to discuss a poetry and you hear them say it. 
and you see them really engaging with Robin Williams and he's such a wonderful teacher and at least it's just that love of learning that's at the heart of that. Yeah and actually that is one of the things that I think I like most about a dead poet society is you know that scene where he's making them like rip out the pages of the book. Oh my god yeah. (laughs) He's trying to be like just think for yourselves and don't just read and think the way you're supposed to it's about trying to find that independent thought and experiencing things differently oh and that bit when he makes um is it neil compose the poem in front of the class because he gets him to write a poem and he hasn't done it so he kind of helps him to in the front of the class compose his poem off the top of his head basically Mm. i think it's that kind of nice unlocking their like imagination and their ability to create and think for themselves which i think is a really important thing I agree and it's so funny as well overall but a really funny moment is when you mentioned about the pages towards the end of the film when he's no longer there and they get that new teacher come in and he's like right turn to this page and they're all saying no we can't no because you know we have to rip the pages out so I just I love that it tries to be modern like say as with ripping out the pages you don't need to know all this old rubbish it's so much more liberating definitely Mm-hmm. yeah I agree yeah uh, it's it's really strange because it's so dark and yet yeah. so funny it's if it was a Shakespeare play it'd be a problem play because I thought for the first half basically until uh Trigorning Neil yeah I was gonna write out all their names and I didn't <laughs> until Neil kills himself I thought oh this is just going to be a like really cute, heartwarming history boys funny film. And where, you know, they have this amazing teacher and learn loads. And then that happened with Neil. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, this is actually so awful. Yeah. It's just heart-wrenching. Yeah, because you can see the pressure on all of them as well. And when they're all so young. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. And especially when um, they're all pressured like all the boys are made to go in and speak to the headmaster when they launched the investigation into Neil's death and they're all forced into what what is Robin Williams called did you say Keaton yeah they're forced Uh, to sign yeah against him it's really horrible and it just makes you think like it just really shows the pressures on young people well everyone but like specifically on young people in this film they face it it's such a formative time in your life obviously yeah and it's really nice to see how Keating tries to give them that freedom and think for themselves. But then you, on the other hand, see how it's really hard when they have these adults breathing down their necks and forcing them to sign things that aren't even true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think the difference between Secret History and Dead Society, I mean, there are a few, is it mainly just that you feel for the characters in Dead Poets Society. I get so much more emotional and you are really invested in the characters but secret history you just assume that all not that nice yeah I think the only person I really like felt for in the secret history was Richard because I was like yeah. the whole thing got mixed up in all of this because he wasn't from the same privileged wealthy background right. as the rest of them and I was like poor thing he just wanted to study and learn he just loved things. Greek yeah, and he just got caught up in all this mess and all this drama. Oh, no. And then he doesn't really seem to be 
living a great life at the end because he's still dreaming about yeah about the people so he's like oh no still plagued by everything that happened years yeah. mm. I kept forgetting though who Richard was and someone called him Richard and I thought what who's that because he obviously like no one really says the name a lot because he's the narrating but he's just this onlooker and you think oh yeah. like what why are you even involved with them they obviously don't seem that bothered about you because yeah Charles is supposed to be your best friend in the group but he's just going off drinking all the time so yeah he kind of goes a bit off the rails yeah very but how can you love Greek that much that you decide yeah I'm going to drop everything and just hang out with these strangers all the time I don't know mm. on his youthful innocence yeah Bless him, his life could have turned out so different. Mm. Also, uh, I think I might have said this to you before, but thinking about Julian, the professor, yeah. I have really pictured him as Toby Stevens, if I'm thinking of the right person. Let me Google. I'm just going, yeah, I'm just going to Google Toby Stevens. I think I told you and I knew who I meant, but I couldn't work out their name and I think I Googled it later and it is who I meant. Oh, actually, that is not their name. Oh, um, oh it's Toby Jones is who I meant. Jones. Yes, because I remember you sent me that and I was like, that is not how I imagine <laughs> him at all. Oh, who would you cast to play him? I don't know. I think I'd cast someone who looked really kind of unassuming. Uh, someone, I, could, I don't know, I kind of imagined him as someone who could very easily just like blend mm. into a group of people and you wouldn't really realise he was there. Yeah. But I'm not sure who sure would work for that. I just really picture him as, is he called Owl Face or Owl Eyes in Great Gatsby? You know, the man that sits in the library? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he's called. Yeah. Not very helpful, but yeah, I was thinking of someone like no, that. Some, something like that, I think, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Julian's mm. really interesting because also sometimes I read books and I think of, what would I say about this? if I had to do an essay because I feel like we've been trained into that mindset yeah. and I was thinking say if you had to write essays on some of the characters and they asked you about Julian that would be really interesting because to be fair he's not actually in it that much and considering it's a book about learning the classics yeah there's not a lot of learning that goes on well in the classroom and you don't actually see that much of Julian, but I think he is quite a fascinating character. Yeah, because I think from the really tiny snippets about him that you get, he seems like someone who's really intriguing. Like, obviously, just mm. the whole him being super selective over his students and only teaching, like, this one group of, like, five yeah. and nothing else and not having any connections with any of the other, like, faculty members or whatever. Mm. very odd because he's so instrumental in that to the extent it's their undoing when he finds out oh my god when he finds that letter from bunny at the end and it's game over for them and he goes away but yeah you still don't see him that much although they do mention him a lot he feels like a big presence but if you had to actually cut out the amount of pages that he's in you wouldn't be left with a lot yeah and even just the fact that he just disappears at the end he's like I'm not having any involvement in this you're the ones Mm. who had these issues you're the ones who did this even though I think I don't know whether you can place any of the blame on him because I guess in a way he's the one who brought them all together yeah 
he definitely has perverse logic and ideals. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and do you know who he did remind me of? Truman Capote, because when he was at the funeral, he knew one of the big shot men there, and he was talking about all the different celebrities he knew. Mm. And I really got that image, that connection. So, yeah, he's just such an object of intrigue. Yeah, definitely. Because I found, to start with, that the members in the group, like Henry Bunny, um, Camilla Charles and Francis, I found it a bit hard to distinguish them. I couldn't really picture them, at least with Camilla and Charles there, the yeah. twins. Well, and then you quickly get to know, oh, yeah, Bunny said one. But Henry and Francis, I didn't find that distinct, like... I feel like you didn't get to see that much of Francis, who was conscious there. Yeah, definitely kind of blended more into the background yeah. than the rest. Like, to an extent, they're not given that much personality. It's more about their secrets. Yeah, which yeah. you slowly learn elements of. Yeah. But never all of them. Mm. Mm. And I wasn't expecting the secret to be they killed someone in that weird ritual thing. Because who does that? Like, I still didn't really get what that ritual thing was. That's just the strangest plot twist ever. What? Yeah. No, it is a little bit. Oh, but Bunny is so irritating. I'm not saying they should have killed him because they just shouldn't have killed anyone straight up. Oh, my God. He really annoyed me. Don't yeah. What about you? No, he did. He did annoy me too. Yeah. I'm not sure I really liked any of them. Not even Richard, I don't think. Like, I felt sorry for him. Yeah. At the end, like, when he got, because of everything. But mm. I don't really know whether I liked any of them. No, like, they're all just, I don't think any of them even liked each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Judy Poovey. Is that her name? Or did I just make, oh, that sounds a bit weird. Yeah, we, Surely that isn't her name, maybe. <laughs> the um the friend who is really normal. Well, not normal, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I actually did like a lot of the guys in Dead Poet Society because yeah. I thought it was really lovely that when what's he called Ethan Hawke's character Todd. Todd when Todd shows up he's very shy and awkward and introverted which is actually fair enough because same but the the guys are really nice and I didn't expect them to be because I thought in you no, know so. toxic masculinity environment like that that they might be all oh, like leaving to it but they kept being so lovely and inviting him to things yeah no because I thought the same as well I was like they're gonna like single him out and be really horrible to him and he's gonna have such a hard time but actually they were yeah. so lovely to him they just like welcomed him in straight away mm. so that was really nice yeah I feel like I could rest easy re-watching it because first time around I kept thinking oh my god they're gonna be so mean and bully him and they mm. didn't. They were really nice. Yeah. And I love that um, Neil made so much of an effort with him, which oh, Todd and Neil, let's take a oh. moment for them. Yeah. <laughs> because Neil. I've said to you before, I didn't actually like Depot Society that much when I first watched it. And I was like, mm-hmm, three stars. And then I just went off and read all this analysis of it and was watching all these videos. And because I was like, oh, I feel like there's something between. Neil and Todd there has to be and it turns out everyone's like yes there is <laughs> and now I'm just like oh, I actually love it they're so love, cute love the coding hidden in there yeah oh they're so sweet I can't yeah, oh, yeah. 
if only I wish they could have made more of that but I guess maybe all was the mm. right time I don't know yeah because when did it even come out was it late 80s it was yeah 89 mm. so wasn't exactly the dumb thing no oh but their relationship that's so iconic and you know when they're in the bedroom well they're in the bedroom a lot together but I can't remember what they're saying I think he'd been chasing him and they just they the way they look to each other if you search a compilation to them you'll find it on YouTube and it's yeah. so sweet yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. oh what did you think of the really dramatic awful scene when all the boys find out about Neil and they all go out into the snow oh oh it's oh it's hard no. yeah that really stays with me I can picture it so clearly and that's actually quite similar to the secret history because it's very snowy there as well like they make a big deal out of the snow yeah there's definitely lots of common elements in this kind mm. of genre but I don't really don't think I've read anything else that I guess could be put under that umbrella term. yeah mm. but yeah, yeah. Mm. it is it is a good film though I do like it did you enjoy all the Shakespeare and poetry I did I was there watching it trying to um like trying to name the poets from the yeah. different lines I was like come on I'm gonna test myself <laughs> Not, it's bad I did not know so much of it oh my god I'm really shocking English student <laughs> oh, I don't know either so it's educating me at the same time but that's all good yeah we we live to learn at least with a Midsummer Night's Dream I was like oh, I know where I am with this yeah exactly love it oh I love that I wish we got to see more of the performance that also was the sweetest thing ever hmm. yeah yeah it's very good. I just thought that makes so much sense that he was Puck because Puck is very ambiguous in terms of gender and sexuality and that, yeah. I I reckon. So, oh my God, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, look, so oh the coding was excellent. I feel like you could just watch it back and back and back and just find more and more. Yeah. together. I was just, I was thinking, I would just love to analyse this movie. I feel like it's hard to watch it just for enjoyment. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but like on surface no, levels, it's a bit like, mm. and then I just think it's so much better when you can analyse it and look at the deeper levels. Well, it's like there with a lot of things, but I think especially yeah. with this film. Yeah, because I think, I feel like this film is, is made for things like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's a film about education in a lot of respect. So it works well for educating ourselves, doing a bit of definitely. analysis. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Any final remarks on either of them? Yeah. With Secret History, I was absolutely flabbergasted by the ending. And well, overall, I feel like it was too long mm-hmm. because... I don't know if it's just that I have a big book fear, but and I try to read it really, really fast all in one go because like, I have to read it before I go back to uni. But I don't really get it. Like the whole second half, I think, could have been so much shorter. They kept dragging out that funeral. Oh, yeah. I got over it. And then I don't know. I didn't really like the ending with Henry killing himself. And like there were so many suicides, and it was all so unhappy. 
which does make sense and especially when I watched the video the classic student explaining and she's like yeah it's very typical the um you know classical plays and that so it makes sense but I always feel like "Mm, could we have done something a bit more nuanced like I I just was like that's so random like why didn't we do that but then that's me not having a classics brain yeah so mm -mm. yeah and that in a way makes it seem even more like oh you only probably get it if you know the classics because this is how they go yeah well because I think I read some reviews that said this second half like it got a lot better but I actually prefer the first half yeah like building up into everything yeah because I felt like it lost momentum once we knew that Bunny died like how he died I mean then I thought I don't really know what's happening in the second half but it it was good to see the fallout of his death but maybe not for 150 pages yeah yeah I don't know that we needed that much but yeah, I do, my final comment would be that I did enjoy both Dead Poets Society and Secret History. Yeah, same. Yeah, do you have any final comments? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite fun. Fun moment. Of course, I'm dreading that we have blob moments to do now. And once again, even though I've been isolating, we've literally nothing to do. Wow, my dissertation. I still haven't Googled anyone. See, I came up with the one I prepared <gasps> today. Oh Sorry. my god. No. Okay, I prepared like maybe like 10 minutes before we called. But oh my god. I was actually gonna do it and then I ended up doing this cooking. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna Google someone right now. Okay, yeah, and whilst you do that, I will say that my blonde moment goes to a winter Olympics. I was just about to Google blonde people in the winter Olympics. Don't worry, there, there, are, there are quite a few. Um, I had look, I had looked through them because the as of recording, um, the Winter Olympics has now started in Beijing, so that's very exciting. And so my blonde moment goes to Mika McNeil who is Great Britain's leading female bobsleigh? Oh. Bobsleigh. Yeah, bobsleigh driver. So she won Great Britain's first bobsleigh World Cup in, like, years. Oh, wow. And got, got second. And supposedly she's in great shape for the Olympics. Oh. So, fingers crossed, she'll do really well this year in the yeah. Olympics and get some kind of medal because she was at the winter olympics in 2018 oh. and she's in great shape for her second olympics so very cool fingers crossed for her yeah nice mm. i have just found that there's a woman called lindsay vaughn and she is an american skier and she's won one olympic gold medal and two world cups and for something else, I don't know what it is. I'm reading it in Spanish. I don't know what that is in English. <laughs> but she's done really well. So good luck to her if she's still competing. Is she competing for Great Britain or America? No, no, America. But I mean, it's still shouting out a great yeah. woman. So, so yeah. it's very exciting. And the Olympics will still be on when this podcast goes live. So if you haven't watched mm. the Olympics yet, go for it. It's great fun. I watched some curling yesterday. I quite like the curling actually. Yeah, I actually got got quite invested in the curling. Ooh. 
So maybe I should put some on. What time is it on normally? Well, do they do the highlights in the evening? I don't actually know what the BBC coverage is because mm. I think we've just got it on Eurosport and Kelly. But oh, I think BBC will definitely do highlights in the evening and there might be stuff on iPlayer as well. Yeah. So Okay. I loved when we had the Summer Olympics on every evening, sitting down watching the highlights. It was so much fun. It was great fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Mm -hmm. And next time is Julia Roberts films. Julia Roberts films. And we have a special guest. We did. Very, very excited for that one. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. We're going to be in our element. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Tea O'Clock with Keller. See you next time.